This is our second section or second lesson or session on um, 2 Timothy 3.16, and we're going to go all the way to 4.5 eventually, because I want to get to not only what is preaching and its 10 traits I see in this text, but also why, which is going to take us from 2 to, to 5 here. So in this session, which is our second session, I want to take us beyond the four traits of preaching that we saw last time and look at six more. So, Father, as we, as we focus now on these verses, show us what's really here concerning what preachers should be doing in worship, in churches, and I pray that we would be subject to it, that it would have a profound effect on us for good. Preachers would be filled with wisdom to preach in this way, and that churches would be built up. I ask this in Jesus' name. And I, I, I reminded you last time that I know most of you aren't preachers, but I hope you will take this to show you how you should pray for the preaching in your church. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. And just by way of review now, the last time we said this amazing introduction right there, all of that to set him up to say, preach the word, that is incredibly weighty and serious. So we said the first trait of preaching is, is seriousness. And then secondly, we said that the preacher preaches the word and the word is defined contextually by scripture. We gave reasons for that. So you preach scripture, not just parts of scripture, all of scripture, the whole counsel of God rightly understood in the service of God's reality and our salvation and his glory. Third, we herald. Preaching is a heralding, not just a teaching. We'll get there in a minute. This word preach, keruso, is what a town crier does. He heralds, he declares, he announces, he lifts up his voice and says this is either terrible news or glorious news. He's not neutral. And fourth, we said it's in every season, and that could refer and probably does refer to the season of the church or the season of the preacher, which makes it either seasonable or unseasonable. So in every season of the church and of the preacher's life, keep on preaching. Now, what are the remaining six traits of preaching? The first one I would mention is, it is in church. Now, that's not said explicitly here, but I'm mentioning it because there's some people who say the word preach, keruso, and other Greek words 
that are related only apply to evangelism on the street corner or in the town square and not to the gathered people of God in worship. I don't think that works here at all. This is the word for preach, herald, which of course is used in public settings to unbelievers. But in this setting, it is preaching all of Scripture, doing it in reproving and rebuking and exhorting with patience and teaching, which sounds very much like the gathered body of Christ. And if you, if you go on, I'm, I'm putting up four, one to five here. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. This is a reference to the church going astray and not in not wanting sound teaching anymore because professing Christians are getting itching ears and accumulating for themselves teachers. That's not a description of unbelievers. This is a description of the church going rogue and wanting to have teachers that that suit their own passions. So this, this preaching right here is happening in church and should always, that is, church gathered worship services should always have this preaching. Here's the, the sixth trait, reprove. That word means show some behavior or attitude to be wrong. This is an indictment of preachers who only want to make people feel comfortable and never point out their sins. We must show people to be wrong, show behaviors to be wrong, show attitudes to be wrong. And of course, this doesn't elevate the preacher in some kind of untouchable, holy pedestal. He's going to do this with with patience. And of course, he's not going to forget the word of Jesus. Beware, if you're going to take the speck out of your brother's eye, get the log out of your own eye. But you don't stop doing the work of eye surgery on your people, getting the speck out of their eyes because you yourself have issues. No, you repent, you humble yourself, and then you speak in a right way. Seventh, you rebuke. The difference between reprove and rebuke, it seems to me, is that you draw attention to the seriousness of the problem that you're rebuking, that you are reproving. So here you, you point it out, you say, and you give reasons for why some attitude is wrong. And here you say, and we must stop this. This is wrong. Don't do this. And you turn the, the analysis of the problem and the demonstration of its error into a rebuke. And of course, you don't stop thinking, I too need this rebuke from time to time. So that's the seventh trait. Eighth, exhort. And remember, I pointed out these three functions of Scripture up here correspond very closely to these here. Exhort. That's the 
positive counterpart. Now you've, you've done your reproving. You've made it serious with rebuke. And now you say, we can do this. We are in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. So you exhort um, you, we, by the Spirit, can do this. And you, you exhort them on. One picture I have, and I think I used it before when we were talking about this, is people, people in your church are going the wrong direction. You sense some wrong attitude appearing, and they need to be shown to be wrong. Right here. So you stop and say, that, that's wrong and give them biblical reasons. Then you want to show them the serious of it and turn around. And that would be the rebuke right here. Turning that, that uh, reproof into rebuke. And so rebuke brings them up short, helps them realize how serious it is. And then you set them on a new course, right? And that's exhortation. And that's what I said here. You, you stop them, you correct them, and then you train them. You reprove, you rebuke, and you exhort. Preaching is mainly helping people on the way to heaven. And then nine, with patience. Which shows that all of this tough-sounding language back here of showing the behavior to be wrong, rebuking, and drawing attention to how serious it is, is really done in a great deal of shepherd-like patience. We're not going to be harsh. Preachers aren't going to be harsh with their people, but patience because they know themselves to be strugglers as well. And 10 with teaching, which I'm going to paraphrase with, explanations. This patience here is especially with explanations. These people may be very confused about why you have rebuked them. They may be offended at the rebuke. They may not understand your first efforts at exhortation, and you must patiently explain many, many things in the Bible with illustrations and be an apt teacher. So preaching is serious. Preaching is the whole counsel of God. Preaching is heralding and announcing and declaring, not just sharing. Preaching is in every season of the church life and the preacher's life. Preaching is in church, not just on the street corner. Preaching draws attention to behavior that's wrong, shows how serious it is, and then exhorts people along the way that in the Spirit they can do better. And in all of that, preaching is patient, and preaching shows its patience and does all of its work here with apt explanations, much helpful, healthy teaching.